0: Part four of uh, redeeming your time, redeeming time, and, um, and it's been incredible. How many of you have listened to all, all the, every part, every one of them? Okay, that's good, that's good. Now, I, raise your hand if you have um, seen any, any redemption manifested in your life already, uh, even if it's in the form of feeling different. Uh, raise your hand. Okay, Ooh, man. See, that's, I love that. Because it's about the testimonies. Because when there's a testimony, it means that the revelation had an application and it produced a fruit. So it didn't stay as knowledge. When it stays as knowledge, it's worthless. Knowledge puffs up and you just look smarter, you sound smarter, but there's no change in your life. When you have a testimony... That's amazing because that means that the word of God and the power of God have produced transformation in your life, and it was because you participated, and so today we're going to do, uh, we're going to do that, and um, and I want to first go into a quick review, okay, uh, for those of you uh, that that maybe don't remember or you weren't here for all of it, um, and, and and we're kind of wrapping up the series, so I want us to... Have a a big picture idea, okay? So the first week we talked about Kronos time versus Kairos time. We said Kronos is the linear time, the linear time that just keeps on going. We can't stop it, you know, it's just, it goes, right? It's so valuable because we could never get time back. We could never get it back, right? That, That kind of time just keeps on going. Then we have the Kairos time, and the Kairos time is the God. Time, the harvest times, the times where divine opportunity and divine favor meet and something incredible happens in a very short amount of time that for normal people would have taken a lot of chronos to create, to work for, to earn. Okay, you with me? Like your salvation. In one moment, boom, that was a Kairos moment. It was a moment of, of divine uh, intervention where you were born again, right? And the things that you could have never right size on your own, your whole life, God right-sized in one moment. Okay, so we talked about Kronos versus Kairos. We said that the better stewards of our time, of our Kronos time, a linear time we are, the more Kairos moments we will experience. But when we cannot even be good stewards of our Kronos and our time, and our time is enslaving us and telling us what to do, we are going to miss out on the god Kairos moments of divine favor and divine opportunity. You with me? So I'm hoping that by now, some of you have done some serious changes about your time and prioritized some things and started to tell your time what to do. Because that's part of stewardship. Stewardship is when you tell time, when you tell money what to do. Now, don't take that into marriage because you're not supposed to store your spouse and be, "Ah, I'm going to store my spouse. Do this, do that. No, that doesn't work like that. You tell yourself what to do, and on a good day, you might get it, right? And so we have Kronos and Kairos, you know, better stewards of Kronos. We have more Kairos moments. You know, I want more Kairos moments in my life, you know. I want more Kairos moments in my life. I don't want to be dragged around by time and, and time just whipping me around, telling me what to do, what's next, what's next, and then I feel like I have no time for anything and everything is lost, and I've lost a bunch of time, and I... I don't want that, you know. I want Kairos moments. I want God moments, God times. Um, and you know that FOMO. How many of you heard of FOMO? Fear of missing out. You know, if you if you experience FOMO or you make a lot of decisions because of FOMO, you are a slave of Kronos. You are a total slave of Chronos because fear is motivating your decision to commit to things you know people a lot of times they don't commit to things because they're afraid something else better might pop out last minute oh man i'm glad you don't have tomatoes right now you know (laughs) that's fumo if you're experiencing fumo it's because you're being led by fear instead of by god So you commit to what God tells you to do and and keep your commitments and don't worry that something else better might just come up and you might miss out. No, no, no. Trust that you'll be in the right time at the right moment for the right miracles and the right God appointments to happen in your life. That's living by faith and trusting in the Lord. You with me? All right. Um, So then we talked about um, how God is... uh, He's not shackled by time, but he created time, right? He, is, uh, he doesn't live in time. He lives outside of time. And so that's why we have our awesome train, right? Our train is a, is a picture of, uh, of the past, the present, and the future. And we said how, you know, this is always running and we're on this train, but Jesus lives outside of time. So therefore, he can see time, past, present, future, all at once, right? And we also said... That he created time for the purpose of redemption. So if he created time, then he can also go into any part of time and change anything. Although we cannot change time. We cannot travel in time, right? Uh, But God can. And he can go in your past. And he can redeem things. And he can change things in your past that will catch up with you on your today. And we also talked about how you already have done the craziest, wildest, time-changing thing you could ever do when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because we said that the Old Testament teaches us how, you know, for someone's sins to be forgiven, they had to lay hands on the sacrifice, right? And the blood of that sacrifice would cover their sins, but they had to be present and lay their hands on the sacrifice to transfer sins onto that sacrifice, right? And that's how they were atoned for their sins. Well, none of you were there to lay your hands at the feet of Jesus on the cross and transfer your sins. So how did that happen? Your faith connected you to a time of a sacrifice in the past. The most powerful sacrifice. And by faith, you connect it to the past, something you weren't even born when it happened. That's crazy faith. Because by you having faith in the work of the cross and what Jesus did and the the burial and the resurrection, you change today, 2,000 years later, and it affected your whole eternity. Your destination for all eternity. Now, that's a wild thing to believe. And so we said, if you could believe for that, you can certainly believe for things in your past to also be redeemed and changed, right? If I've already gone 2,000 years back and believe it changed me today and it'll change me for eternity, I can certainly believe something in my lifetime can be changed and it affects me today and for the rest of my life. Right? And then last week we talked about, what did we talk about last week? We said, why do some things, thank you, Nick, I really didn't remember, you know, in case you were wondering, you know. We talked about how, why is it that sometimes there are certain things that when we get saved, immediately change, almost effortless, almost without faith. And there's some that don't, right? Because there's those that say, well, no, no, no. We're a new creation. Everything has changed. We don't need to do that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, but your life says otherwise. (laughs) My wife's the only one laughing. I I know. I know. These things are not always funny. Sometimes they kind of sting. But anyways, you know, like your life says otherwise. And so why is it that some things in the past weren't changed, but some things were? I know people that the moment they accepted Jesus in their life, Boom, they experienced tremendous redemption. Like the guy I told you, this guy, you know, he was uh, on for death row, and then he met Jesus in prison, and then all of a sudden they re- they take him off death row, and then they release him, and then he goes and asks for a job, and he has no criminal record. He didn't even have faith for that. It just happened, right? So there's things in our life we go, hey, it happened this way. Why isn't it happened? Why didn't the whole thing, how come, like, it only worked a little bit? And so I explained to you how... Uh, there are some things that the power of God will manifest immediately, even when we don't have any faith, kind of like he did for the Israelites when they came out of Egypt, and they're in front of the Red Sea, and boom, it opens up, they had no faith, they're actually scared to death, they, they're wanting to go back, and anyways, they're in front of the ocean, and it opens up because of the man of God, Moses, who raised his hand, and boom, there you go, and they crossed, right? Right? And, and sometimes stuff like that happens when, when we come out of Egypt, when we come from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and we didn't even have faith for it, and it just happens. And maybe there's a bunch of those things that happen. Maybe you're also getting, you know, fed from the sky, you know, uh, with manna and... and, 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 and And you didn't even have faith for that. It just happens. And then one day, you know, you realize, hey, how come these things aren't happening anymore? You know, you're just kind of comfortable in the desert. But we said that the difference is that some things were to pull us out of the kingdom of darkness. And some things are to take us into the promised land. And sometimes we're just too comfortable in the desert that we don't do anything to go into the promised land. So we just choose to live in the desert because we have AC. And nobody else can relate as good as that as we can, right? And so we go, and now God is saying, okay, I know I did all those things. I'm still with you. But now you need to grow up, and we're going to take the promised land. And that's next level stuff. It's going to be amazing. That's not going to be just, you know, manna. This is going to be honey and coffee and really good coffee, Vita coffee, right? But I need your cooperation. And we said how, you know, when they went in uh, in the second time, they're going to cross now the Jordan River, right? And the Jordan River, we said they had to step into the water and get wet. And nothing happened immediately. Nothing happened immediately right where they were at in the crossing point. But something did happen immediately back in Adam. Right? Way back in Adam, where the fall was, the water stopped, and it started forming a big wall, right? But they didn't see that. We said that was about 20 miles up the river. They didn't see that for who knows how long. And all of a sudden, I, you know, they're just standing there, and like, don't don't move. They gave us instruction, you know. And having done all, just stand. And many times, we just like, ah, this didn't work, and we get out of the river, and we just go back. Instead of start looking for the signs of the things that are changing. And we said when we choose to start partnering with God into redeeming the parts of our past that are still stinging today. Sometimes we stand in that river and we just have to pay attention and see when the river of curse that had been flowing into our life from those events in the past starts going down, starts going down, starts going down, and it starts changing into now a river of blessing, and you start seeing and feeling different, right? And start noticing the change, because at some point, when they were standing there, they noticed that the water, hey, no, look, it was up here, now it's down here, and now it's there, and now it's dry, and we said, it's the presence of God that leads us, because this time, they stood there as the whole people of Israel crossed through, you remember that? And so we said, okay, Lord, show us what the places in our past that are stinging today, that are preventing us from walking into promised land type of stuff, right? I want to take the cities. I don't want to just be free in the desert. I want to take the cities. I want to take the territories, right? Like Lance Wallen told told us when he was here. He's like, which mountains are you called to? You can stay in neutral. You can stay in no mountain. But I guarantee you, you're called to take territory. You're called to take cities and you're called to influence mountains in this world for Jesus. Amen? And so so that's what we've been talking about. Obviously, that's a very small um, glimpse of that, but it's just to remind you and refresh you of what we've been talking about. Um, God is amazing, He owns time. You know, I was uh, I was thinking about this week. When you understand that God is outside of time, that God owns time, and that He can do whatever He wants with time, um, a lot of the Bible uh, takes on a whole new dimension. When you start reading some Scripture, you start understanding. You know, kind of like salvation. Nobody had this explanation when they got saved. Obviously, you don't need this explanation when you get saved. But you understand now the process of what your faith did when you said yes to Jesus and how, you know, it went back into the past and it received something that happened there and it received it today and it affected you today. And so that principle will continue to apply in our lives and in many things that the Holy Spirit leads us to do. And so one of the things I was, I was thinking about this week is how uh, death of the body works and, um, and how eternity works. Because there's different places in the Bible where it tells us that um, when someone dies, it's like they're sleeping, right? Like they're, they're just going to this, into a sleep and the dead in Christ will rise first, right? And we hear that stuff. You know, Daniel 12 talks about that. Uh, but there's also other scriptures that say that to be out of the body is to be present with God, right? And it talks about it in Philippians and 2 Timothy. It says almost describes it like when you die, it's like a blink of an eye, you're immediately in the presence of the Lord. And I thought, you know, and I'm kind of strange because I my wife says, sometimes I think too deep that it's annoying. And and I I'm like, well, which one is it? When you die, are you asleep or are you in the presence of God immediately? And if, if you're like me, you probably thought about this. You're like, well, which one is it? You know? We, and I, I understood that when you when you realize how time works for God, it's both. It's as if they were in a sleep to us because we are in Chronos time. We're still in, in this timeline. But I was thinking about this. Since, since there's a space-time matter continuum, and all of the three are together, well, I thought if somebody dies and they're out of matter, that also means that they're out of time. So, so when you die, you don't have any more matter to be tied to linear time. So therefore, you're outside of time. And so that's why people are instantly in the presence of the Lord. You call me crazy. I mean, I'm listen. I'm going to say a lot of things up here. Many times you'll be like, "Nah, that, I don't believe that." It's fine. We still be friends. Still worship God together. We can still build the kingdom of God together. You don't have to agree with me 100% on everything I say. You know, I'm sure you have crazier family members that you're still family with. So if I ever say something like that, just don't go look in front of the church. Just be like, ah, next Sunday we'll come, you know. But I, the Lord really opened my eyes. I'm like, that makes total sense. When somebody dies, they're instantly in the presence of God because they're no longer in time. So that's why it didn't make sense to us. But for us, it's like they're sleeping but because we're still on the train. We're still in time, Right. Where are they? Well, they're they're sleeping. They're waiting, you know, for the second coming. They're waiting for, you know, when we're, we're all with Jesus. And but they're out of time, so they're immediately in the presence of the Lord. Hmm. It's, it's fun stuff, right? Um, God created things with history, right? And this is this is the other thing I, I wanted to um, let you know because God. Um, If he's outside of time and he created time, then it also means that he can create things with history. Because if he can rewrite history, right, he also can create things with history. You know, that's why some people have wisdom beyond their years. Like, you're not that old, but there's so much wisdom. How? You know, it's God. You know, he gives it to you when you read the word. You know, things happen. Powerful things happen. And, uh, you know, how um, uh, science has taught for many years that the earth is millions of years old, right? Millions of years old. And and we know that it was not six days, seven days, right? Well, six days, seventh one, he rested. So six days, you know, he created the earth and he created everything, the moon and the stars and all that stuff. So you go, which one's right? They're both right. But it's just that we don't understand that time is in God's hands. Like he can do whatever he wants with time. And so those layers in the mountains that they say this takes millions of years, they're right. But God created a mountain with history. You know, when God said, uh, let there be light, it was instant. When God created the sun and the moon and the stars. Okay, so the sun is about eight minutes away at the speed of light, right? Something like that. Give or take, Nick. Okay, yeah. And, but then we have the stars, And I think the closest star, Alpha Centauri or or Proxima, one of those is like four years light, right? And then there's stars that are dozens and hundreds of light years away. There's even some stars that are millions of light years away. I think the furthest one is some billion light years away, okay? So really far, But when God put the stars in heaven, if you think about it, at the speed of light, it would have taken millions of years for the light to hit the earth. So God had to have created the stars with history. So that when he created the stars, you could see him from here right now. Right? Right? It's like he gave him a head start, a history, because he's like, I want the stars and I want him now. Adam, God created Adam with history. I mean, I don't think he was a full grown man that couldn't walk and was crawling and couldn't talk for a while. So when he created Adam, he created him with history of knowledge and the learning of speaking and talking and walking and doing all these things. He wasn't born a baby. Have you thought about that? It's interesting, right? Why do I tell you this? Because God owns time. And he does as he pleases. Especially when we're in relationship with him. And I'm going to skip ahead because there's a, There's something that just fits perfectly right here, but uh, Jesus changed time because of relationship, too. And when he went to the weddings of Cana, they ran out of wine, and his mom comes and tells him, Jesus, we're out of wine. Oh, woman, I know where you're going with this. (laughs) It's not my time yet. It's not my time yet but she pulled the mom card. (laughs) And Jesus changed the time of when he was supposed to start doing miracles and start all this stuff, right? For relationship. And because we're in relationship with him, he will change time. Not because he has to, but because you can pull the son card. The daughter card. Not the religious card. Not the, hey, I tithe and I go to church every Sunday and I have served and I... No, the relationship card. Amen? God, you're so good. It's the blood of Jesus that changes everything. Just like the blood of animals in the Old Testament would change... And redeem some things, right? With a tone for the sins. The blood of Jesus is the matter that changes and redeems space, time, and matter. And when it comes into contact with your past, present, or future, the blood of Jesus is the very thing that changes everything. Amen? And so, um, I want to tell you a story that uh, that happened to me a few years ago. I think it might have been 2018 or 2019. Because what I want you to know today as you leave is the things that you can redeem, how to pray for it, and how to store it and mark them, how to measure them, okay? Because it is our responsibility to start marking and noticing those things. Um, And I'll tell you a little bit about uh, a journal that me and my wife started together about redemption, okay? But um, I think it was 2019, is that when we went to Hawaii? No. No. Okay, some time ago, 18, 18, 18, okay, we're due, 2000 something, Uh, we went to Hawaii, and before we went to Hawaii, uh, to Maui, Maui, uh, um, uh, some friends gave me an Apple watch, okay, and it's this one I'm wearing today, that's why I'm wearing it today. So I don't forget the story. So they give me an Apple Watch, you know. And I'm an Android guy, um, but it still works, you know. And so I like it. Can track my workouts and and I, I, I took it, I took it to Hawaii with me, and uh, it's waterproof and all that stuff. And and uh, we we started driving on the road to Hana, and it's you know full of waterfalls at every turn. There's a waterfall, and and so on the way back, I told the girls we're gonna stop and we're gonna jump from one of those. Uh, waterfalls, and we're going to go in, right? And so uh, we, we get out of the car, we park, we, get, we go up there, you know, still have the video, you know, and um, we're not going to show it to you. And we, we jump from the waterfall, and when I'm in the air, I think to myself, in slow motion, I should have taken off my watch. And then I think to myself, well, at least put your hand over it, and protect it, and it was too slow of a slow motion, because when I put my hand on it, I had already hit the water, and it was already gone, and so this was a brand new watch, too, you know, and so um, I, I look down, it's deep, it's murky, it's gone, you can't see anything, I'm like, you know, just desperately looking for it, you know, it's a nice expensive gift and you and then they're going to think that I just didn't like it because they're not going to see me wear it. And so that's going to be embarrassing. Right. I was like, oh, I guess you didn't like the very nice watch we gave you. I'm like, huh. you know, so I'm thinking all this stuff in my mind. I'm like, ah, and I'm and I'm wishing I had done something different just seconds ago. Right. And so I had been teaching my kids that reaction is everything. Reaction is everything, and, and there's a deeply scientific reasoning for this that I won't go into, but reaction, your, your initial reaction is very important. Not only does it tell you what's inside, but it also affects you, um, even to a brain level, it affects you, you know, how you react to things. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down, you know. Like, watch is gone, uh, but, but God, and I started praying, and I'm like, God, you know, you did it for a man who borrowed an ax, and the ax floated. And so if it's in the Bible, it gives me permission to believe for that. So, Lord, make my watch float, you know. And so I was there. We were there for about 30 minutes, and I'm praying, I'm looking, I'm calling the watch. I'm like, watch, come out. Watch, come out in Jesus' name. Where are you? Watch, come out, you know. And nothing, nothing, nothing. And, um, you know, and I was like, God, you know, I'm like, this would be such a cool miracle for my kids to see. God, this is your opportunity to like wow them, like do it now for your glory, you know, and nothing is happening. And, and so 30 minutes later, I'm like, all right. It wasn't what I wanted to be, how I wanted it to be. I had Bible verses and everything, but it didn't happen. And I was not going to let the devil beat me up like, oh, you just didn't have enough faith. And so what you do is you graduate to trust. And when you graduate to trust, you give up your idea of how it should look, when it should have happened, how it should have happened, and you just say, Lord, I trust you. You're good. This is your word, but I I surrender this to you, and I'm still believing that you're going to redeem this. And so I said, Lord, I ask you to redeem this. And now here's the interesting thing, that a lot of times we think that God will redeem just things that are uh, injustices that happen to us in our life. And we might think like, okay, the Lord will redeem that because that wasn't my fault. But many times we feel like we don't deserve God's power and redemption over things that were our mistake. Over dumb things that we did and bad decisions that we made. I wasn't listening to God on that one and I really messed up. I really went with my feelings and my flesh, and I really went with that, you know. And so therefore, it's my fault. So it's my own mistake, my own fault, my own responsibility. I'm stuck with it. And I learned that the grace of God is so much greater and loving and and powerful than I can understand. And so at that point, I was asking the Lord, and I said, God, I should have taken it off, but I didn't. Would you redeem this for me, please? And that my kids would see how good you are. And so that's it. I asked the Lord to redeem what had just happened. And, uh, and, and even in my mind, son a little crazy. It's like, how are you going to ask God to redeem something that you, you messed up? You know, something that you know, it's not his fault. You know, I'm like, but he loves me that much. He loves me that much. I'm his son. So I said, Lord, would you redeem this? Somehow redeem this. Because it didn't float. And I was like, okay. So we, we went on home. We went home, um, and it was uh, about six months later that I get a phone call, and I never answer on no numbers, um, because it's just like telemarketing, sales, you know, they're going to tell me about my car's warranty. I, these people think they have words of knowledge, and like, they know about my car's warranty, and so, so I'm like, I never answer those calls, you know, and, and so for some reason, you know, it pops up on the Bluetooth. Was it your number? They called... They called, they called my wife's phone, you know, and uh, it was on the Bluetooth in the car, and uh, And I look over, and I'm like, oh, look. I said, let's answer it, and she goes, who is it? I'm like, I don't know. It'll be fun. <laughs> I don't know what kind of mood I was in, but I answer the phone call. Hello, 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 you know, and the guy's like, um, um, uh, I'm like, babe, this is a really bad salesman, you know. <laughs> He's like, uh, is this... Ben, and I'm like, the salesman is real prophetic, you know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, is this Ben? I'm like, yeah, it's Ben. He goes, I have your watch. I was like, I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, did you, did you lose a watch? I'm like, yeah, I lost my watch six months ago in a waterfall in Maui on the road to Hana. He's like, well, here's what happened. He said uh, about three months no, about, I said about two months ago, we were there, and we jumped off the waterfall, and my sister uh, lost her GoPro camera, and it went to the bottom. He said, but I'm a scuba diver, so I went in the car and grabbed my scuba diving gear. I dove back in, and I saw, found her camera, and next to her camera was your watch. So I pulled it out, and I took it home, and I'm in California, and uh, I stuck it in rice for like a few weeks, and then I charged it, and this number came up, and so where should I send it to? <laughs> so There we go. So that was a far better story than I than I thought. But redemption caught up with me. See, and so sometimes things happen in the spiritual. And just because we're in the river getting wet and nothing is happening, it doesn't mean that nothing is happening. And so it's our responsibility to recognize, you know, because that was God. That was God. And he was writing a story that was a little different, but it was still a story of redemption. And so God wants to redeem even our own mistakes, The blood of Jesus is more powerful than our own self-condemnation, you know, that sometimes we're just like, I don't deserve that. It's like, no, you don't understand the price that was paid. The price that was paid was for more than just the things you think you deserve. So I want to ask you, have you started inviting God's presence and the blood of Jesus to come into places of past times and redeem them. And uh, and I want to help you today to to think of some of these places that might need redemption. You want some ideas? You know, in Luke 19, 10, it says, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He found it. <laughs> more, <laughs> let me tell you, he wants to do more than just to watch. More than just to watch. What things... Have been lost in your life, and so um, it is by faith. Okay, once we have a revelation, it is by faith that we uh, are connected to grace. Okay, so let's let's clarify this stuff. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice on the cross, shed his blood to redeem everything with it, and then he offers salvation to all who, through faith, would choose to connect to this work offered. By grace. Okay. So faith connects us. Grace is the power. Grace empowers us. He's, the whole thing, He did. The, the whole work, the difficult part, He did it. Okay? And He offers it to us by grace as if we if we connect by faith. Okay? And so the thing that is happening is salvation, which we know is the word sozo, which means healed, prospered, in peace, set free, delivered. Okay, not just saved, going to heaven, but having a, a whole life. Okay, And redemption, which redemption is for past, present, and future times. Like he wants to redeem all your times. He's the God of ages. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He wants to cover it all. And so um, I want to give you some examples. You know, it says in um, Revelation 1-6 that he he made us what? Kings and priests. Kings and priests, you know. That's, that's a functional role that we have, okay? So we're, we're children. That's who we are. We're loved, beloved children of God, sons and daughters. But one of our functional roles is as kings and priests, okay? And so when you start practicing redeeming time, you, you have to do it as a king and a priest, okay? And as a priest, you apply the blood. That's what the priests did, right? They apply the blood. And as a king, you take authority and you take dominion over the times in your life, over the situations in your life. Okay. For some people, this is really hard because many of you have just come to terms with what happened. Like, oh, well, it's in the past. And it is it, it, not a bad thing. You know, to not be all hung up on the past. Except for when those things are still affecting you today. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. And so, so as kings, we take dominion of these times. And as priests, we apply the blood to these times. Okay. And so... Um, if you have a notebook or, or you're taking notes, this is where you really need to start writing, because you're mo- you're mostly going to be journaling what the Holy Spirit is is telling you. And I know some of you have already started, which is great. You know, we started last week and and we prayed some of this stuff, and it's starting to to come up. I was talking with someone uh, that uh, was telling me, and they they're okay with me sharing this, but um, you might not you. Maybe you can't think of right away horrible things that happened in your past, okay? But there's so much more than that. Um, in this case, you know, when they were a child, the parents got divorced, and, you know, Holy Spirit brought them to a time when they just felt guilt, shame, the burden of fixing things at eight years old. And um, and they also felt like it was... Um, uh, kind of like their responsibility. And so therefore, they lived with fear their whole life, right? That if I mess up, everything will fall apart. And so, you know, in an example like this, when, when you ask Jesus to go and redeem that time, you know, that means that Jesus can show up in your past before you even knew him. Yeah. Wait, what? Are you serious? Jesus can show up in my life before I even met him? Oh, man, now we're messing with some. Hmm. Do you, you really think Jesus would be like, no, sorry, I, you had not prayed the prayer when you were eight years old, so I can't go there. <laughs> no, we are children now. So now... We've prayed the prayer. We have Jesus in our heart now. And he will gladly go into our past even in the times before we knew him. Why? Because he's outside of time. He doesn't live and in, 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 he's not shackled by the time rules that we are. I mean, that just opened up a can of worms for some of you, right? Like, oh, my gosh. Wow, now I have some places to go. <laughs> And so when Jesus goes back there, eight years old, and he is there, and he is protecting her, and he is loving on her, and he's making her feel safe, and he's taking away the responsibility and the burden, the guilt, and the shame. Well, guess what? That curse that has been flowing into her life with lies and fear all her life gets stopped at Adam. That was Adam right there, right? And so therefore today, she starts experiencing life without shame, without fear, without anxiety, without feeling like she's the savior of the world and and everything has to happen because of her. And if she is not there, it's going to fall apart. Are you following me? Okay, so this is like one of the most exciting things. I mean, the only thing more exciting would be to actually be able to travel in time ourselves, right? But I'm okay with Jesus doing it for me. Because, you know, you've seen the movie, right? Back to the Future, that's probably why we can't. He, he kind of messed things up, you know? It's like, they, ah, it like, what did I do now? You know, so Jesus is like, no, leave that to me. I know exactly what to do. You just, you stay where you are, <laughs> but, but you tell me, apply your faith, connect your faith with me to what, what we need to do because I want to get you into promised land. I want to get you into the place where you're taking cities and you're taking territories, but you have all these things that are holding you back. And then we also talked about how sometimes... It's, um, it, it's people who feel like they just lost their whole life. And they didn't know Jesus till later in their life. Well, that's why when he goes and redeems everything, he gives you Kairos moments today that, listen, Jesus' ministry was three years. And in three years, he made a tremendous impact in the whole world. He changed the line of time, and, and he started the church, and, and like... It was incredible in three years. We've been at it for 15 or more, and we haven't even done anywhere close to what Jesus has done. So we don't need a lot of time. We just need the God time, the right time, the Kairos times. See, that is so exciting to me because I used to be the person that felt like there was never enough time. There's never enough time. There's never enough time. And when I look at the need and when I look at the vision and when I look at everything, I'm like, I'm already 39. How are we going to do any of this? That sounds real silly, right? But, you know, and you compare yourself to others, right? You go, oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, they're really young. They really got a good head start. Ha, ha, ha. And then you learn about God times and Kairos moments and you go, I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to be stressed out because in one year, God could do what other people would try to do on their own for 30. That's amazing. You know, I used to be frustrated that I had to uh, because, I don't know, probably for... 10, 11 years of pastoring, you know, I was working three other jobs besides pastoring. And I remember feeling so frustrated like, God, why do I have to do this? I have no time for anything. There's so many things we have to do, and I have to split my time between all these things. And then I understood God's times are so powerful that in a very short period of time, He can make something happen that you thought you were never going to accomplish because you didn't have time and because you had wasted so much time and because all these wasted opportunities. Any of you ever wasted an opportunity to do something amazing and that you didn't? Mm. Would you like to redeem that?